woke up quick at about noon. Just thought that I had to be in Compton soon. I gotta get drunk before the day begins. Before my mother starts bitching about my friends. About to go and damn near went blind. Young at the pad throwing up gang signs. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Ozone. I am your host, Omar Miller. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to find me at the crib, because I'm always at Omar Miller or at Omar Benson Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller, also known as the icons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we started off with uh, Easy E and the Boys in the Hood as a tribute because one of uh, our longtime Ozone family members, uh, our key contributor, Laker Quick, passed away over the past week uh it's a devastating loss for the ozone for the sports world and for his family and friends um, and for the world in general he's a good person he's a good person he he blossomed into a great man uh known like your quick for more than 20 years very passionate and intelligent individual as all of you know who are our loyal listeners he always had a take and he was always willing to to ride completely out for his take yeah, you can go back over some of our recordings and listen to his take on Tim Duncan, mm-hmm. on the big man, on monster contracts, on 90-50-40 with LeBron James, uh, on Steph Curry, on uh, you, you name it. He had an opinion. He was a savvy dude, and he was a real person. So want to give a shout-out. Uh, he had a passion for culture and music, a very eclectic, diverse dude, and I just want to give love to my brother. Moment of silence for him passing away. Laker quick. All right, folks. In that vein, let's get it started. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the NFL is back. I mean back. In black. And we had a hell of a first day. The silver and black is back. (laughs) The Raiders. Ladies and gentlemen, I tried to tell the icons that the Raiders were real this year. And we marched. The Saints came marching in down to New Orleans, Nowlands as they call it, and that is a tough place to win, no matter how little defense that they have down there. Seventy point game. <laughs> Wait, this is this is why we're dangerous in Oakland. Is because we can beat you how you want it. You want a tight one? We like the Texas I don't Rangers. Think they can get a tight one. I don't we think can they get can a do tight one. It does, do it does, tight the, the the defense wasn't completely ready. And Drew Brees, let's just be honest. Drew Brees lights up the sky. He lights it up. Don't don't front. You know what time it is. Yeah, but what was most impressive about that Raider comeback was that it was a comeback. Yeah, and Jack Del Rio showed heart. Woo-wee. He let him drag, in the yeah, words of Laker quick. Yeah. He let him drag all <laughs> over the place. Man, two-point conversion. Two-point conversion for after that. For the game. For the game. You got some on your kid, huh? Hey, and you when you're on the road, you go for the win. And then he talked crazy afterwards. He said, wow, it's good all those sports writers don't coach the Raiders. Yep. <laughs> It's a true story. What love to Jack Del Rio and the boys. I tell you what I really liked as well. Watching that final drive, Derek Carr, when when Drew Brees put it in um, on, on the, the drive before, Derek Carr, they showed him on the sidelines. That kid was intense. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, he wanted, he wanted the ball. He wanted it. He wanted it. He put me in the mind of a young Brett Favre. Like he was a like gunslinger. the gunslinger. He's ready to go. Okay. Wow, we, okay. Whoa, we, this, is a, this is a slinging game. That's what we're doing. Guess what I got? I got Amari. I got a sorry receiver like Crab. <laughs> he had a sorry receiver like sorry Crab receiver ball. like Crab. Crab got that last one. I don't and think Amari would have caught that. I don't think so either. That was a veteran catch right yeah, there. It was. You and because because that's that ball you see him get stripped on all the time that makes you mad. That was a perfect pass. That they strip on Madden. You're like, oh, come on. Yeah, but you know what? The Saints choke. I mean, this classic Saints. Yeah, but Saints. they're classic Saints. What do you want from the classic Saints? Classic Raiders. They're not going anywhere. Neither one of those teams. Okay. Thank well, you. as of right now, we're 1-0. Uh-oh. We're 1-0. And Ooh, that what about the Chiefs? Laker the quick. Chiefs, too. Come on. I mean, this is this is a serious day in the NFL. Like that smile on your face, Ernie. Yeah, that, Ernie knows about that silver and black. Ernie knows. So, what else did you like about the NFL day one? I mean, it, a lot the, of tight the games. official, the uh, official. A lot of seems like there's a lot of parody in the league yeah, this year. There, they are. It's um, it was I do believe four or five one run uh, one point games. That's a tight squeeze. Tight, tight squeeze. That had to be hard on the the house as far as the gamblers goes because right? there was a lot of plus threes on the board. Ooh, and uh, yeah, I didn't look at the line. I looked at a couple of them, and uh, and and there was a, a, a ozone contributor uh, goes by the name of D that was uh, giving out <laughs> tips on his Instagram page that uh, that turned out to be true and oh was, really yeah i think he might have done well yesterday um but yeah this uh what a day what a day let's start off on the thursday night kickoff back with that super bowl replay 
That was a great game. That but, was a great game. Besides the helmet to helmet activity that went on, that was too far. They go too far. I have to. I'm with you on this one. They go too far against Cam. The league has something against Cam. It's like you know what it is. It's like they're they're blossoming something like they have against Tom Brady against Cam. Right. It's the fact that he's good looking. He's good. He's young, and he doesn't play his position of being shy. He's he outspoken. knows he's good. He's outspoken. Yeah. And he dances in the end zone, <laughs> and he trucks linebackers and the whole nine. It's like they wanted the the league wants to to get him back for the way that he punishes defenses and the way that the the, the way that the the rules are set up. He can do that, and they can't. Yeah, but they set the rules. You can't. You're not supposed to be able to go after the quarterback's knees after the Brady rule, and you're not supposed to be able to headhunt. And they did they it did, all to it. They did it all, and they received and and the, and the officials up in Denver must have been high on altitude or something because they just kept those flags right in their pocket. Right, and and nobody has said anything from the commissioner's office, which is unacceptable. I saw something on the NFL website where they were saying that yeah, it They're should have resulted in more. Uh, you see his, his Cam's favorite target, um, his tight end, Greg Olson, said came out and he implored the officials to treat Newton as a regular QB. You know, it's it's uh, he said that, look, treat him like a quarterback. I know he's the biggest guy in the field, but he's still a quarterback. And, you know, it's, and he's an elite quarterback. He's an he's he won the MVP top, top five. Come on. He's dude. MVP. And, you know, and it's it's unfortunate because what what can it be other than the the obvious? The yeah. fact that he's young, black, outspoken, yeah. and successful. Now, why would you not call? These were blatant helmet-to-helmet hits on Cam Newton up because in Because, honestly, you know, in the secondary, a lot of those guys aren't that big. Those guys no. are like 5'10", 5'11", so they actually are mounting and spearing this guy with their helmets. Yeah. They, they, Cam's 6'6". Cam is in the best shape by any athlete I know. <laughs> yeah. Bron? Uh, other, I was just about to say, <laughs> other than King, other than ninety fifty forty, other than King James, the world champion King James. Yeah, thank you very much. Four time world champion, I do believe. Hello, three time, four time. That's three time. He went back to back in Miami, right? And then he yeah. just won this one. Didn't just won. Yeah, this yeah, one. yeah, three time. Tres leches. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah. So I, I don't agree with the fact that Cam is getting beat up. I, I wanted to weigh in and give my two cents, which is I do think that it has a racial component to it. I can't think it's of another obvious. element yeah. of why it is. I mean, last year you spoke about it, even yeah. about how they let uh, Russell Wilson get beat up a little bit. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's tied into the fact that they're African American quarterbacks or the fact that they're agile and athletic, so that takes them out of the box, and, and then. That's why I saw him get yeah, helmet to helmet, helmet, in, helmet, to in, helmet the in the box. So I saw, I I saw helmet, helmet to helmet in the, so, in the so box. That's, that's not valid for everybody who's going to call in or say, oh, you know what? He's a runner. But guess what? He was in the pocket. Speaking of call in, we have a line on the Ozone. In case you missed it last time, we have a line. If you want to call in, you want to leave us a message, you want us to respond to you, call us at 424-254-9663. Again, I think that's 424-254-ZONE. And you can call in, and we'll address your uh, your comments. We we need some feedback. Let us know what you think about what we're doing, what we're talking about. You guys tell us: Is it too far with Cam? Are you happy to see him getting stuck up? What is uh what is, what are you guys thinking? Why doesn't he get respect as an elite quarterback? Because you know good and well they wouldn't let Aaron Rodgers get beat up. Like are you that. crazy, Andrew Luck? Man, they, they, come on, Andrew Luck. They probably have the court Luck. case. <laughs> right what there is going the on with Andrew Luck? Do you think was it was it smoke and mirrors in season one? Oh no, Cam. I mean, I mean, excuse me, not Cam, but. Andrew Luck, he's a good ball player, but he's not a great ball player. Not at this point. Not at this point, right? I, I think the best thing that he has for him is he isn't scared. But at this point, it seems like it works he's against him He's a gunslinger, well. though. Yeah. And they, they won't work on the things that they need to work on, like their defense and offensive line and all these other components that go together to make you a, you know, a great team. It's just Andrew Luck out there. And not to knock Andrew Luck, but he's not what they're putting, you know, putting him out there to be right now. Right. Right. Well, I mean – we have a week full of surprises. I, I am, for one, devastated that the Arizona Cardinals lost to the Tom Brady, Grunkless, uh, Tom Brady list and Grunkless and four other starter lists, yeah. uh, 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 Bill Belichick's New England Patriots. Well, do you think that this qualifies him as one of the best coaches of all time in any sports? Because he just beat one of the best teams, so-called best teams in an NFL last night without basically – what a third of his starters? Not a third, but you know, pretty close to it. The the superstars. I think that the kid. I, I think that uh, not the same thing away from Grappolo. 
Yeah, who played well. Yeah, he played well. Uh, but I think that that Belichick was already one of the greatest. And and I think once again we see it started with him being uh, a student of the greatest. Yeah, Bill and, Parcells. And and this is a this is a big thing. All, everybody that came out of Bill Parcells' coaching system has been successful in one way or another. Right. Everybody. You see what he last night what they did. Was I wonder what Bill Parcells thinks about him. All right. <laughs> yeah. you Don't know what cry, I mean? you little baby. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he thinks. He probably likes his work. Right. They win. He, they that's win. all. That's what he's about. He's about winning. He's about it, about it. You about it, about it. And we about it, about it. Yeah, man. That was a serious thing. I liked what famous Jameis did down there. Oh, he lit the sky up. Ooh, sleeper pick. He was going to sleeper pick on Fanduel. Four, four touchdowns. Famous Jameis is a winner. Everybody can be mad at him for stealing shrimp and the X, Y, and Z. <laughs> hey, but let me eat. tell you, that he's a big fella. <laughs> he came in this year. He came in in shape. He dropped that weight. And now he's dropping bombs over the defense. Well, and he he understands now. He understands the league. That's what it's all about. You he know understands what I'm saying? He the league. T. I told you. I told you. Let's talk to somebody else who understands the league. And it is Trucker Dave. Good afternoon. Trucker hey. Dave. Hey. Happy to have you. Trucker Dave, where are you in this beautiful country of the United States of America right now? Well, out of our 48 states, they find me in or outside of Laredo, Texas. Nice. Oh, nice. Always a big fan of that Laredo Jeep. <laughs> nice, right? nice vehicle. It would roll over on you, though, if you took the corner too fast. <laughs> Slow down, Bob. Yeah, you got to be careful with that Jeep. You got to be, be really, careful. Really careful with that well, what we're talking about, what else you got to be careful with is the NFL week one. We got two more games to go tonight, but what we were just talking about is some of the surprises, and I know that you are a, a, a stark fan of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. How did they pull that game off against the Arizona Cardinals last night without Gronk, without Brady, without their starters? Talk to me, Trucker Dave. Well, it's just a combination of greatness. It's a great organization. Not only is it a great organization, you're looking at the best coach in NFL history. A guy that knows his strengths and his weaknesses, his teammates' strengths and weaknesses, and he applies that to every game, the guy is so fascinating that I really think that he knows your roster better than you know it. That's really a great way. I mean, the guy is just really – I was just blown away because he's got a guy in Jimmy Garoppolo who starts his first game, looks mediocre in the preseason, comes out in his first game, he looks like a five-year veteran. He wasn't rattled. He wasn't anything. He was 10 for 16 on third down. I don't even wow. know if Tom Brady would have played. Tom Brady would have been 10 for 16 on third down. Then you get a Chandler Jones who he lets go. So he knows Chandler Jones' streaks and his weaknesses. His weakness is he gets up the field too far and he loses containment. Yeah, he's going to put up those numbers. He got one sack. He got one forced fumble. But at the end of the day, just like in the Super Bowl, Chandler Jones was getting tired and he was ineffective. And Bill Belichick, what he do? He takes Bennett, he puts Bennett right up against Chandler Jones, and Bennett makes Chandler Jones look like a little kid. They start running the ball. They're controlling the clock. Man, I just, I was just so impressed. I'm like, I really think this guy should run for president. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know he'll have great defense if we do. We, we know our borders will be airtight. Uh, I just want to – great analysis of that game. Uh, appreciate that. And I saw a lot of other things that, that really impressed me in week one. I wanted to get your take on what you thought. I was really impressed with what famous Jameis was able to do. Uh, uh, that kid's a stone-cold winner. I remember before the season started, you predicted uh, a big year out of Blake Bortles. And truth be told, he almost pulled that game out. That yeah. was a good game uh, down there in Jacksonville. Uh, and, I, and I wanted to get your take, a hot take, on Russell Wilson and that Seattle Seahawks defense spinning a tight game down up there in Seattle? Well, I mean, you can go either way on mostly all of these games, but I'm liking in Jameis Winston. I think some people are just born winners, and he and – and I really also think that some people like pressure. He's one yeah. of those guys who like pressure. Russell Wilson is very, very uh, – what am I trying to say? He's the kind of guy that's underestimated, and I think he can just – his ability to slow the game down. Yeah. And you can see it. He's just yeah. As, yeah, he's just as deadly with his arm as he is his feet. They say he's not a pocket passer. He's become a pocket passer. 
I really like the fact that Marshawn Lynch is not there anymore, so this guy can get some more of his credit. Who else did you ask him about? Uh, I, I mean, that was the big one. I was talking about uh, uh, Blake Bortles, uh, about um, and and we're just looking at all of the parity in the league. There's a lot of tight games. Yeah, I'm looking at the board right now. There are about ten games that were decided by less than three points. It looks like tight games. We just covered the Raiders and that big win that the Raiders pulled off. Mm. Even though Terry uh, and the icons over here don't want to believe uh, it, the Raiders are real uh, this year. Uh, oh and Jack goodness. Del Rio made a big call and Michael Crabtree made a big catch for that two-point conversion. I saw I saw the, the eye of the tiger in, uh, in Derek Carr's wow. eye. Eye of the tiger. Well, I, I said that before. When you have your franchise quarterback, most teams, like you say, Andrew Luck, okay, he's got, they have their franchise quarterback in place. They give him his extension. He goes out. He proves what he's worth. How many teams can say we have our franchise quarterback in place and we also have a franchise receiver in place? Not many. The Raiders are basically the only ones that can do that. And I'm, I'll take you one step early. past that. And we got our franchise defensive player. Khalil Mack, was, you could argue he was the defensive player of the year last year. He was. You know, he didn't really have a big game yesterday. But, you know, that's going to happen sometimes. Sometimes with different matchups, you're not going to always jump off the page like you usually do. He's a young star. Like I said before, with these young stars, you have to give them room and time to grow, you know. You're looking at the future generation. Um, and you look at Blake Bortles. He comes out the second play, he throws an interception. It's okay. You know, he settles down. But at the end of the game, you can't even get a yard on the bubble screen. So I'm going back to their play calling. And they have their young quarterback in place. But do you have a franchise running back in place? Don't see it. With the Raiders, that's where I can – I understand where T's coming from with the Raiders. Okay, you've got your franchise quarterback in place. You've got your franchise receiver in place. Your defense has to show up. You can't defense give has up to show up. Points, no, like, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic about that because of course because they're playing against the Saints and Drew Brees lights up the sky against everybody. Down. Yeah, but, nobody shuts Drew Brees down. Yeah, but you you shut him down by running the ball. Okay, you said that, but look at Bill Belichick. He goes on the road with three people or four people missing, and everybody knows. Everybody is scared to death to play Arizona because they know that Arizona will blow you off. Arizona was just in the NFC Championship game. Arizona didn't look like Arizona. They sure but you did. have a couple of big plays, and that's it. So this time I'll have to go with T. I mean, you gotta if you're gonna move to the next level, you, it also has to you have to make some plays on defense. I agree with I agree with what both of you guys are saying. The only problem that I have is <laughs> we won. got that dub. <laughs> so until that that translates into a loss. I can't just say, oh, we got to do this, we got to do that. I agree. Better defense would have been appreciated. <laughs> yeah, just like better defense. Well, that's the coach, too. You know what your weakness is. Give check your real credit. What's our weakness today? We gassed against Drew Brees. Let us just take this two points. If we win it, we win it. If not, we're not going to be able to stop it. You're right. And that's great coaching. Yeah, that is good coaching. That was, that was great coaching. Great and you saw Baltimore, the beat goes on with their defense out there. Man. Buffalo couldn't score. 13 to 7 classic classic Baltimore game and classic Buffalo too. Classic uh uh, uh Rex Ryan who yeah. has no interest in offense. <laughs> Man. And uh and, and you know he's not even really, <laughs> he really hired his brother and you know his brother got ran out of New Orleans. I mean, what are you guys specializing? One guy told me that on the road. He said make sure you're not just running up and down the road. Make sure you specialize in something. So wow. That's a, that's a good point. Did? And you know, he's not specializing in defense. He's getting fired. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say the last thing that I wanted to get a hot take on from both of you guys. I said it right before in the last podcast. They, they asked me what I thought about him, and I didn't believe, and I still don't believe. How about RG three? Uh, classic, classic well, RG three. I mean, everybody's gonna jump on RG three, but another thing you have to look at with RG three, just like. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Andrew Luck. You you got two guys that what do they have in common? They're on, in a bad organization. You know, yeah. you take all of his talent away from him, he's already struggling. Then, then they're in a bad organization. So there you go. One plus one is two. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know, look at your owner. I mean, what have you guys done? You're constantly firing the coach, firing the general manager. They need to look at themselves. Maybe they need, like Jerry Jones, remove yourself and let's see if people in charge 
be in charge instead of hovering over them. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I like. Uh, You're not going to get a guy like Terrell Trier. He's your, he's your star receiver along with four other guys you drafted. That's not going to work in the NFL. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. What did end up working was Brock Osweiler. Right. Brock Osweiler went out there and, and, and moved the ball. Got him two touches, 231 yards. You know, not that the Bears are any big thing, but the fact that Osweiler came out, signed his big deal and came out and won, didn't get hurt, I think that's a big deal. But he looked good in Denver. He did look good in Denver. He looked good in Denver. I mean, but you look at the Bears, you got this guy, Kevin White, didn't play all last year, didn't play today like that. Him and Amari Cooper get drafted the same at the same in the same draft. Amari Cooper makes something of himself. Kevin White, you know, you're looking at him like, okay, when are you going to start coming around? And and on, on another subject, is I was really surprised to see Darrell Revis get burned so much, <laughs> uh, give up 180 yards to get A.J. Green. I was just like, wow. And, and to, to watch her networks bail him out and say, oh, he's supposed to get help from, uh, from the safety. Then, oh, come on, man. No, 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 no. A.J. Green used him. He even used him on the last play to set up the field goal, the game-winning field goal. On that third down. Yeah, Bart Scott called it out before the beginning of the game that he was going to get used. Well, I think that Darrell Revis has been in the NFL since the, Bill Clinton's been in office. <laughs> I mean, it's like right. we, we you, you have to – you lose it at some point, but this is something that football is usually better at than any other sport is, is they get rid of you right before you lose it. Right. And this time around, they've signed him for big money – over and over again, and I'm down with Darrell, actually. I run into him. He's a cool dude. But, you know, Father Time it beats everybody. Yeah, I think they should probably convert him into a safety. That's yeah, they what should they give do. him that Rob Woodson treatment. Well, you're looking at last year, you had a Pro Bowl year, several fumble recoveries, still played well, but he didn't even really look fluid yesterday. And, uh, you know, with really with all of these re- – I mean, all of these DBs, you have to give them credit because you're running backwards. You can't touch this guy. And you're asked not to even give up more than two catches or you're not a shutdown cornerback. So I'm on his side there, but it was evident that he did not look like Darrell Reeves. Now, next week, or even on Thursday, you got to go up against that great receiver, that young receiver, who you had problems with when you were in New England up in Buffalo. So it's not going to get better before it gets worse. <laughs> well, Trucker Dave, just wanted to ask you one more thing on the way out. As you know, we lost a, a vital member to the Ozone team in uh, Laker Quick. Laker Quick passed away, and uh, we've been dedicating this episode to him. And uh, just, just wanted as if you wanted to drop any words of your experience with the young man talking sports and living life. Well, the guy loves sports. I love him. Really, really intelligent. Um, he, you know, he, he put everything into, into what he thought before he said it. Uh, he was a great friend of ours for almost all of our lives. He'll be missed, and but he will never be forgotten. There it is. Very well said. Trucker Dave, appreciate you. Be careful out there in that great state of Texas. Watch out for them Rangers. Goo goo. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks all for your right, contribution. Now. Always an interesting perspective from Trucker Dave. Right. A where, lot of details. where, 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 where. Demarcus Ware. <laughs> Where are you gonna get analysis like this, folks? This is this is this Nowhere. is living room analysis. This isn't this isn't we don't have to put on the suits, we don't have to lie about what actually happened. We saw the games. Yeah, we're sitting here in our five four gear. Does it, oh speaking of which, wow. wow, I you know what? I'm so happy you brought that up. I just really? had a box come recently from the five four club. Ladies and gentlemen, especially gentlemen, if you guys are interested in dressing sharp and feeling sharp, head on over to the five four club.com and sign up because for sixty dollars a month, that's a mere two dollars per day, ladies and gentlemen, you will get a box of clothes every month that is tailored custom to you. That's worth more than $150. I mean, how can you lose? You stack up, they help you out in all four seasons, and next thing you know, you have a wardrobe that you can be proud of without having to set foot at the mall or a store or having your mom or your girlfriend nag you. 54club.com, use promo code OMAR, O-M-A-R, and you guys are going to get a discount. 54club, stay fresh. Wow, wow, wow. The NF to the L. Now, what do you think about the games tonight? Oh, it should be a shootout with that um, Pittsburgh-Washington yeah, game. Bishop and the Rams game, you know. Nah, 
Who cares? Really, I mean, I I want to watch Ty Gurley run all over him, but other than that, I'm not really, you know, breaking down the barn doors to go watch that game. I don't know why it's a Monday night game. Yeah, well, it's two big markets, two big markets, and as we know, it has a lot to do with that. Markets are are very very important. Uh, wanted to speak just quickly about this weekend in boxing. Ooh, sick oh, man! I had to fly back. Uh, I was in London. I spent the week. Hanging out with Triple G, Gennady, Gennadyevich Golovkin. And, uh, How was that? Well, he's such a great guy. He's, he's such a nice person. He man. really is. He really is. And uh, and I'll, I'll go out and say, despite being the buddy, you know, he didn't have a great fight. He didn't He didn't put in his best work. No. Um, he got hit with a lot of punches. Well, I said the good thing that I saw is that he obviously still has his power. <laughs> uh, he crushed Kell Brook's eye socket. Not according to Kell Brook's. Uh, how about Kel Brook? <laughs> Brook, yeah, that guy too. <laughs> I just and, thought he thought we would add somebody to it. Just, that's what he did. He said he added another Gennady in his eye. He <laughs> said he, he saw four or five of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you know, it, it's uh, it was the champ came out and did what he does. It was a small guy. Big respect to Kel Brook for even stepping in the ring with him. Right. He looked like he had a good strategy offensively, but his defense was suspect. And again, there was that moment in the fight. I spoke with Abel Sanchez, and he, uh, Gennady's trainer, and he, he said something very interesting. He said he's seen it time and time again where Gennady hits a guy, and the guy's face changes because the guy realizes he's going to have to do this for 12 rounds. And uh, this is what seemed like that happened to Kell Brook. I mean, he broke his face, dude. He literally broke the man's face. How can you break somebody's face? And then I, you want me to stay out there for 11 more rounds or 10 more rounds? I don't even care if it's one more round. <laughs> I don't want my face broken after the fight, so. And you know what? I'm just, you know, if anybody who doesn't know, uh, you can head to Twitter and head over to HBO Boxing and catch some highlights um, of the fight. The fight was stopped in the fifth round by way of uh, uh, Brooks' manager was waving the towel for a good minute before the ref even saw it. Right. And it was... Maybe uh, something was wrong with the, the ref's eye. Uh, maybe so, but uh, but here we're gonna give you a little bit of we're gonna give you a little bit of a soundbite of what we uh, of what you heard here of, of what what we saw and what you could have heard. Ooh, body shot. Well, unfortunately, it just sounded like a lot of generic uh, <laughs> crowd noise. <laughs> that was actually the icon, just making crowd noise. But no, the O2 was lit. It was that was a lively event, and uh, you it was know, entertaining for five rounds. It was four entertaining and a half at least. for four and a half. Yeah. And at one point, at, when they stopped the fight, literally, Kelbrook had been hit about twenty times and didn't respond except with the generic eh, "Come on, bring it." He could have got killed out there. Yeah, and literally. I, and I, I saw on Twitter after a lot of people speaking about how it wasn't. You know how how they shouldn't have stopped the fight. They want to go back to the gladiator days. It's just too far. Go watch UFC yeah, if that's go. what you're looking for. Yeah, if you want to watch somebody get killed, right? And thing is, is that as crazy as it sounds, you're not going to get killed in UFC the way that you can actually get killed in boxing. Right. You can get killed anytime you're in a combat situation. Well, but if you're thinking that the guy's face is fractured, that means that probably the next step is yeah, organ damage. Yeah, the next step is brain damage. It, and as Floyd Mayweather said, I ain't getting brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's. I need to find that as a clip. That's the best clip ever. Uh, so, so you know, I wanted to address how great it was for for Kell Brook's trainers to to throw in the towel so that he wouldn't have to get for one, so that he could continue his career. Right. Because as you could see, anybody who watched the fight could tell from that fight how dominant he would be at two weight classes lower. Right. Nobody no, wants nobody, to see Kell Brook at 147. I'm he's telling you. He's got decent thump. He's got great hand speed. Big thump for a 144 or 47. Yeah. But now, you know, after something like this, you don't it know. It takes if, off yeah, the shine. It takes off the shine. It takes off, you know, is he going to be gun shy? And getting pounded like that takes years off of your life. Yeah. Now, I want them your to stop. Your boxing life. I, that's what I mean. I, I want them to stop talking about, stop talking to guys who just got knocked out in the ring afterwards because they're never coherent. Right. My man just literally said, I thought he hit harder. Let's see if we can find that. I thought he hit harder, but my face is broke. <laughs> so I thought he was going to make my head explode. <laughs> Come on, dude. He, he obviously can punch, but you know, I expect, I expect him to be a bit bigger puncher. I think in the second round, I think he brought me eye socket, caught me with a shot. 
I think they were catching me with his biggest shots, and I, would, I was starting to settle into the fight, you know, I, I, but I was seeing three or four of them out there, so it was hard to, to, you know, to, to, get, to get through it, but I think that I was tricking him, his, his, his shots were coming underneath, and I was I frustrating him. I was standing there at times, I was starting to settle into it, but when you see three or four of them, you know, uh, it's hard to carry on. Come on, man. This is a this you is see three or four of me. This is <laughs> so the meaning of an oxymoron. <laughs> you 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 literally he hits you hard enough, dude. He split up your eye. He split up your face. He hits you hard enough to make you see three or four. This is a problem of whatever. No, they, <laughs> when it's only one, <laughs> there can be only one. Mm. Yeah, Highlander. You know, um, I don't know. I think, dude. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that I love Highlander and that there can be only one. Anybody who knows. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I think that when they interview these guys after the fight, um, you know, they interview dudes after the fight and... They're out of it? Yeah, and, and they're out of it. You got knocked out. Well, it doesn't sound like you wanted to accept that. Nobody wants to accept it because they're winners. To get to this point, you know, you're a winner. I'm going to give you another example, which is this UFC 203 that happened this weekend where the uh, the wrestling, the WWE star CM Punk has been training for two years, and he finally, Dana White finally gave him a UFC fight against a, a guy named Mickey Gall, who's not like a all-world dude, and Mickey Gall tapped him out within uh, uh, two minutes, and it was ugly. He beat him up bad. I'm going to show you. We'll hear what <laughs> CM Punk had to say. Yeah, you know, in life, you go big, you go home. Uh, I, I just like to take challenges. This was a hell of a mountain to try to climb, and I didn't get to the summit today, but that doesn't mean I'm going to give up. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop. Uh, I, I appreciate all the support from everybody. Obviously, Mickey's a hell of a fighter. Now, CM Punk, he was really classy in his thing, and it went really well, and he got emotional. And as they say, the young people, the internet has no chill because they roasted him. You know, they, this is like Mickey Gall, because he looks like he just got off the runway. Uh -huh. Nobody really respects him from what I understand in that sense. Not his fault. And it's not his fault. And he ended up, you know, beating the crap out of him and submitting a CM Punk. Now, life is crazy. You know, everybody loves a winner. I just feel like, and I don't care if they're talking about my acting or somebody else or Triple G or anybody else. You can't take all of the adoration without taking the criticism. So you do best to just be grounded and, and ride it out because there's always people are front runners. It's just the nature of things anymore. It's just how things are. You know, it's it's really ridiculous. It's it's uh, it's crazy, 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 crazy. Hey, speaking of crazy, how about Colin Kaepernick having the number one selling jersey right now and also starting a movement? Right. Well, except in baseball. Except in baseball, yeah, Major League Baseball has a different uh, different perspective on things. You know, I think that the media put a negative spin more so on it than anything because they. I don't think he was going for anything negative. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he was going for anything. He was, he was trying, trying to, to make a statement. Yeah, he was trying to make a statement and bring awareness to a situation. You know, and everybody's t they tried to put the spin on it that he was against the military and against the police or whatever. He's just trying to put a spotlight on some social injustice. Yeah, he wants to put a spotlight. Mm. Red light, neon light, oh, not light. And this now I lay me down to sleep. This was going on this weekend. People were getting knocked out. How about the little man competition? Oh, man. That, that one fifteen fight, Chocolatito against Quadras, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez against Quadras. That I was guess a, you, that was a slugfest in a in a little man sense. In a, in a little man sense, they throw like almost eight hundred punches a match. Unbelievable! That's a lot of punches, dude. That's a lot of punishment to take, even if it's small hands, yeah, not heavy hands. A kid. Yeah, because I don't even <laughs> want a child to hit me say eight hundred times. That's a lot of times in thirty-six minutes. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of punishment. <laughs> but Chocolatito, in my opinion, definitely won that fight. Right? He he was the ring general. He pressed the issue. Um, yeah, he had the guy on his horse. He did, and that guy showed a lot of heart, more showmanship than actual his punches. Didn't have anything on him. He didn't have he no, wasn't throwing no thumb. Any, you know, with any authority, he was on his. Tippy toads. Yeah, almost jumping. Yeah, almost jumping. And uh, and uh, wrapping up the the random section of the ozone. What is going on with Serena Williams? 
Why do you think Serena Williams has a problem when she gets to the semis? This is unbelievable, well, right? It's unbelievable. It's like she has a mental block. She's the greatest. You could argue she's the greatest tennis player of all time. She's the right. greatest, easily the greatest women's tennis player of all time. Let's say she's the most dominant tennis player of all uh, we time. We can say that she's the most dominant women's tennis. But she's the no, most dominant my, no, tennis the, player yeah, of exactly. all time. Sorry. Yeah. Pardon me. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And yet, when for the last, say, two years, because it's time for her to break Steffi Graf's record. And for two and years, she hasn't been able to get it done. Exactly. Which is amazing. Uh, there, I don't know if that's a mental block. And that girl got pounded, by the way. Right, uh, right after, right? Angelique Kerber gave her to work. I think it's like um, sort of when you go against a good pitcher like Kershaw or whatever. You'll see a bum just step up to the to the mic. Or a new kid. Yeah, or a new kid and just you know give up one over eight or something. Yep. You know, And I think that they just get tougher on her. And she they has do to get be able, tougher on her. Yeah, and she's just going to have to be able to get over that hump. Yeah. Especially, just think if you were going to get somebody like that. Would you, I have to raise my game. You have to raise your game. You're not going to say, you're not going to set a record on me. You know, and you're not going to out podcast me, dude. Come on, dude. <laughs> There's no way. I'm going to spiggity spit it. No, I'm going to spit it. I'm going to spiggity spiggity spit it. He's going to have to give him the M. It's true, though. That's a, it's very interesting. I'm very surprised. And, I mean, Novak Djokovic lost yesterday. Wow. And uh, that's amazing. Right. Because Novak, I can't even remember the last time Novak lost. He's This guy's yesterday. like a robot. <laughs> Besides yesterday. Actually, I remember that well. Hmm, it was yes. 23 hours ago. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Shout out to Stan uh, Vavinka. That was good. And you know what? Novak, I think, was a victim of not having enough competition until he got to the finals because this Frenchman who we saw in Vegas, who really is the most athletic guy on the whole tour, right. refuses to get his game together in Gael Monfils. I don't Monfils. understand what's wrong and with Monfils. when you see him in person. He, that's what I'm telling you. He's the most athletic dude on the tour. And he was out there playing coy. He wasn't playing hard. Johnny Mack called him out. John McEnroe just said he needs to be fine. This is unacceptable because he's not even giving his whole effort. I mean, you don't understand what's going through these guys' minds. This I is a great understand. opportunity, and you're not taking advantage of it. Are you scared of success? Is that what's going on? Is do you think? Do you think that's what it is? A lot of these guys. I just think that a lot of guys just don't care. You know, it's just a way to make a living. Wow, wow. And you know, I'm going to speak on something I know absolutely nothing about, which is college football. You know, something I do know a lot about. What is that? Delicious food of the healthy variety. And if you want some delicious, healthy snacks. Go to your local produce store, department of the store, and pick up some coconut clean snacks from Melissa's. They got coconut, pumpkin, quinoa, cranberry. I'm telling you guys, these are the most delicious things that you will eat. They're chock full of uh, 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 fiber and good things like chia seed. It's just really positive. Go check it out. If you can't go to the store and get it, go to melissas.org and pick up some clean snacks. Coconut is my favorite flavor, but you never know which ones you may love. Hello. Is this the next victim on the line? This is the next victim. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It was a very interesting situation to hang out with the champ for the week. And uh, now I'm back. And despite the fact that you wanted him to actually kill Kell Brook in the ring, thank God they threw in the towel. But, <laughs> but what I, but what I want to speak on with you, next victim, my distinguished sports uh, expert, is what's going on in college football? Because I don't know nothing about nothing. What What's the latest? What do you got for us? College football is the best thing that's going on right now. Really? really More than the NFL? <clears throat> Well, NFL, you know, too much going on with the whole sit-up, stand-down for the mm. for the American anthem and all that. Uh, but real quick, want to give a shout out to my boy Laker Quick. Oh, that, that's what this yeah. week I was going to give you. Uh, I was going to give you some time to speak on your experience with Laker Quick uh, at the end of your wrap up. But lay it on us, man. We we, we this this episode is dedicated to yeah. the brothers, so you know we started off with uh, Easy E Boys in the Hood because Laker Quick was a South Central All Star. He was an LA All Star, and and uh, you know he's family to the Ozone. I, share one of your experiences with Laker Quick. Just a great dude, man. Just a great dude. You hate to see, you hate to lose any family member or friend or anyone, you know, just close or just in general. But um, too many memories to 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 go into. And just, I just want to give my shout out to my brother, like quick, good dude, great dude. No doubt about it. Rest in peace. I'm gonna go with a rest in power for my brother, Laker Quick. Mm. Appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So what do you? Who do you like in college football? This is that. This is yeah, week. This is week two college football. Am I correct? Yeah. But week, week one was a lot of upsets. A lot of upsets in week one. Week two, um, pretty. You know the the 
the powerhouses won, the Alabamas, the Michigans, but they didn't play no one. Usually the week two uh, schedule is pretty weak. You know, they plan for for the smaller schools to get, you know, money to the smaller schools. Now this third week is getting kind of crucial. The teams I do like, I like Clemson. I love Tennessee. Um, just I love Michigan State. Michigan you State always going love up Michigan State. <laughs> I got to ride with that green and white. Spartan love. One of the greatest came out of Michigan, and that is Urban Magic Johnson. So I got involved with Michigan State. What a homer. And the everything. winner of winners. Speaking of L.A. All-Stars. <laughs> Absolutely. So this weekend, I believe um, I like Georgia. I like um, – who Texas A and M. There's a plenty there's plenty of teams that, you know, you can roll with. I was looking at the schedule to see if there were going to be any upsets. Uh, I think USC plays Stanford. And some may think that S C is going to get with Stanford and but no. Stanford has the guy, the running back, who's the son of an NFL player, Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Heisman hopeful. This kid is the real deal. He could have came out last year. Um, I, I think he was a sophomore last year, so I don't think he could have came out. But the dude is the best. He 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 runs maybe a four three, and Burns. hey, when you playing against Stanford, they they run an NFL type offense. A lot of these teams in college and in the NFL, they want to do this Chip Kelly spread offense, and Stanford is putting seven eight in the box. And they they have the fullback, and it's like, hey, give it to the running back. Let the fullback do what they're supposed to do, lead. Knock down the linebacker. And then Christian McCaffrey is going to do what he does. He does kickoff. He does punts. He does everything. So Stanford over SC. I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me over that, but go Cardinals <laughs> over <laughs> SC. <laughs> how you feel about this? Uh, how, and then uh... – when is that? We got and Stanford and, and UCLA are playing too right after that. So Stanford is playing SC then UCLA? I believe so. At the Rose Bowl. So. Somebody they just invited me to the game. At That's the how Rose I know. Bowl. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, so we'll see if the Beyonce yeah, yeah. Uh, concert is over by then so they can actually have some football up there. Man, isn't Drake supposed to be out there this weekend too? I don't know when Drake is coming. I don't know what the song's about. I don't know how to sing and rap. I am Drake and I am that man. Drake don't need me to stall him out. Drake is Drake is Drake is cheesed up. He don't care what a little side buster like me is talking about. <laughs> Drake ain't on the ozone talking sports. Drake is busy making love in the club. I ain't mad at him. He got to do what he got to do. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I just like yeah, to yeah. hear some of his songs because they sound all the way wrong. <laughs> I think I should go lay down a Drake track. I should lay down a Drake Phantom track. They wouldn't even know, huh? They wouldn't even know. It would be me. People are gonna be more people are gonna be mad about my Drake singing than your picks. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. And then he does this thing where he repeats the the, the lyric like 26 <laughs> times and hypnotizes these dude, young kids into being like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's don't amazing. blame it on Drake. Blame it on the culture because uh, the culture now loves it. They, I mean, you can't, get, you can't get away from Drake. Drake is enormous. Anyways, so yeah, so, so, you, so you like Stanford over SC, huh? I like Stanford over SC. I like Michigan State over the popular Notre Dame. It's a thing with me. I think we go back to the college basketball days. I go with the underdog over the Sabres. Yeah, me too. And that's why you wanted Kell Brook to get killed. <laughs> I do not want dog. Kell Brook to get killed. I, I really think I, I'm going to speak on it. I'm going to speak, speak on, on it. it. I really think that that fight was – I don't want to say fixed. I hate the term fixed. But I think there was something in the contract where it was said in there that, okay, Kelbrook, if you make it to the fifth round without getting knocked down or not getting knocked out, then you get all of your your your, your wallet. Listen to what you're saying but, right now, Vic, next victim. <laughs> Kelbrook gets all of his wallet regardless. Nobody wants to step in the ring with Triple G in his weight class. And, and Kelbrook jumped yeah. up and was like, you know what? I'll take the fight, which he gets a lot of propers and respect from us for. Right. And, and we just played a clip – 
after the fight where Gennady literally said he's a great fighter, he's a tough guy, he's just not a middleweight. And it's not that, you know, because he dropped bombs on Gennady, which obviously didn't affect him the way that his bombs affected Kell Brook. And then when you watch the fight, you saw that uh, Kell Brook, he was rubbing his glove on his cheek or around his eye. Around his eye. Ever yeah. since the first round. Ever, ever since, since the first that round. left hook. So obviously something was wrong. The only thing that you, he could have done was stay in there and go blind or get killed. He would have he went blind. Guaranteed right. he was going blind. But he was still standing strong. No, he That's wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't throwing punches. Oh, my goodness. Did you watch the he fight? Still, I watched the fight. I still didn't catch the first round like you, you guys. Well, the fight. then you didn't. You, you missed something. You missed. You something. missed one. You missed a major part of the fight. There was a devastating left to the body, followed by a devastating left hook to the eye socket, which apparently broke his eye. Yeah. Well, she said that he was he couldn't see at the end of the fight. He said he, he, said could, he could see four. No, he could see. He said he could see four or five of, of triple G. So at that point, I think it was quadruple G. And it was too much. <laughs> I wasn't Kenji. 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 Ah. My name is Dragonfly Jones. Silence, Paul. Silence. I like that one. Quadruple G. <laughs> I like that one. Wow. So what do you think about the Andre Ward and Golovkin fight coming up? Uh, you mean Kovalev? Yeah. Kovalev. yeah. Oh, Kovalev. you know what? I gotta go with. I gotta go with Andre Ward. I feel like Andre Ward is gonna be able to find a way. I think Andre Ward is great, and I don't. I just think that he's only had limited opportunities to prove that he's great. Um, I think that he needs. I don't know. I think that there's a there's a situation where it's gonna be interesting to see how it shakes out. But I think that uh, I really believe that. Andre Ward is going to be able to pull a rabbit out of his hat and use his athleticism against Kovalev. Mm. But I tell you what, you don't want to do. You don't want to get hit by the crusher because Kovalev has that thunder in his left and right, uh, you know, in, in a bigger package than Triple G. He's so you're not recommending a toe-to-toe -to -toe then? I am not recommending toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I'm recommending keeping the fight in the middle of the ring and boxing. But what? Oh, hold on one second, Victor. The, the thing that I wanted to say is, is that every time we've seen Andre Ward with his back to the wall, he pulls something out, and he can he, he can dig deep and perform. That guy is a champion. You may not like how his fight looks, but he performs. That Super 6 was so impressive when he won that, and then even more impressive was when Next Victim and I watched him put tips on Chad Dawson. Chad Dawson was real. Right. And he, he, he made Chad Dawson look bad. Remember, Chad yeah. Dawson is the first dude that gave work to Bernard Hopkins right. in a long time. Like, right. he was not intimidated. <laughs> by the dirty beehive. He was not intimidated by all those dirty tactics of, of, of the executioner, or uh, also known as the alien. He served beehive. He served. Remember, he picked him up. Yeah. He was like, man, stop playing. That was, was the, that was at the Staples. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I worry about the Andre Ward fight because it's he doesn't have that power and it, it could go back yeah. to what you you know what you said so we haven't seen him you know too many times where he really had to fight well he's going to get I mean? battle tested so he's going to have to fight this time I like tested. I like the way that I like the way that they uh I really like the way that they what's his name I really like the way that his his team his management team, I think he's with Rock uh, Rock Sports, Rock Nation. Mm -hmm. um, I like the way that his his management team got him prepared for this fight because he's had several fights with with just decent competition where he could fight and get the ring rust off over the last like year year and a half. We actually ran into Son of God uh, Andre Ward out at the fight at the Canelo Cotto fight mm -hmm. where he was supposed to be on that card, but he said there's something wrong with his knee and he didn't want to even you know go in there and give a lackluster performance. Since then, he's fought twice. He fought that Sullivan Barrera and he fought the other guy just recently. I can't remember his name. He put okay. tips on both of them, and now it's this is you know now it's go time. This is the money. This is for the money here. You know, there's only two boxers that Jordan, uh, three boxers that Jordan has ever branded. And it's uh, Roy Jones, uh, Gennady, and oh, son of God, Andre Ward. Nice. Andre Ward, yeah. And they, they got a good, they, you know, they have a good uh, uh, finger on the pulse of who's winners and whatnot. Right. Have they since dropped wow. Roy Jones? I would imagine. I don't know. I wonder if you get lifetime when you go with Jordan. I think he's lifetime. I think you're lifetime because oh my because once you get to a certain level, you're you're a legend. Roy Jones, no matter how ridiculous it may be that he still wants to fight now, 
everybody that watched any kind of boxing knows that if Roy Jones, this is exactly why I got into some Twitter wars the other night after the Triple G fight, because everybody wants Triple G to go, oh, he's got to move up for his legacy. Oh, he's got to move up. You know what? <laughs> he doesn't have to what, do we, anything. And we saw what happened with Roy Jones moving up. Hey, man, you aren't going to be a better middleweight than Roy Jones unless you unless you fought in the early 80s. Right. Like, the, the, Roy Jones is one of the only guys that could fight with those guys, the Hagglers, the Leonards, the, all of those guys. And that dude was totally dominant to the point where he moved up and it worked out for him for a little bit because he was smart and he picked and chose. Like he went and took the title from a John Ruiz. You see, he wasn't in a rush to fight a heavyweight like Evander Holyfield. He fought no. John Ruiz and these kind of guys. Uh, and then he came back down and, you know, Glenn Johnson disconnected his power. And then and don't even never been the same. That goes back to during that time, though, the boxing, the boxers, everything was like a, a triple six. Like, so you fighting everyone. Within mm. oh the super six oh, yeah 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 that's, that's the point six. yeah 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 you're I you see what are you mean. fighting everyone that you fight is is a top candidate to be the number one contender or well and and he cleaned out that in his division and right he, and he moved up there weren't stables back then like yeah that, they weren't know. they you didn't have a guy uh, uh, one promoter has this group of guys another right. promoter Roy Jones wanted whoever whoever wanted it Roy Jones had it yeah. for you and truth <laughs> be told. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, what do you think, Roy? You think that 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 he's gonna want a rematch with that heat I put up on him? Boy, <laughs> you crazy? <laughs> he don't want no more Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> I don't know if anybody in sports history talked better head than Roy Jones. Yeah, real life. He came out grooving. Everything. He came out dancing, <laughs> rapping, had the bags, and then got in and balled. Yeah, he backed it up. Roy Jones is a bad man, man. At 160, you didn't want to see. I'd say all the way up to 170. He didn't run into problems till he got above 170. And he hasn't been able to recover from getting knocked out because now I and get the feel. that's just that older man weight. That's, that's, that's just I agree. Yeah, older but man I, but, weight. Yeah, but you know, he after he got knocked out, he was just fighting to not get knocked out. It wasn't fighting. To, I agree. Yeah, to get a win. It was Tarver. Tarver. Tarver was the first dude that I saw that had no intimidation from Roy Jones. Right. He was and, like, whatever. And he went in that first fight, and they called it a draw. A lot of people thought that Tarver won. Uh, I remember me and Next Victim thought that Roy Roy got his draw or pulled it out. Mm -hmm. Roy got it. And, and then, and then, I didn't think so. The, you didn't think so. And then, I mean, the, the history goes towards you because the next fight, he knocked him out in the second round, first or second yeah, round. He was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to make sure I get him out of there. Remember and he said not, it. He said he walked in. He said, you got what excuse you going to have tonight, Roy? Yeah. He said it in the <laughs> – when they were touching face. gloves to yeah. his face and then proceeded to knock him out. What about what Glenn Johnson – listen to <laughs> – that was the worst. That was that was punishment. What Glenn Johnson did to him. Nine, nine man. Y'all got no chill. Y'all laughing at this man. Y'all is wrong, man. And it, they're cleaning up, cleaning up the stadium. Roy was still slaying out the boy. Man, Pacquiao still sleep. He 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 was still asleep. That was an ugly look. Aisle three. <laughs> you so dirty. That's your boy Roy Jones. You love Roy Jones, and you gonna talk crazy about him like that. That's that's my man, yeah. And, that, and that's and that's exactly why and that's exactly why, in my opinion, Triple G should not move up. Exactly. The only it maybe maximum he should move up to, to one sixty eight. Max. I wouldn't move up at all. I wouldn't move up at all. I just keep beating people up in my weight class until I'm yeah. seventy five and oh. What do you want from me? I wouldn't move up. I wouldn't move up. I'll stay there and then, you know, you just beat up on the head whoever, you know, comes into that weight class, whoever thinks they demand you, they step into the house. Okay, let me put you back out the house. Let me put you back you out know, the house. You don't have to move up. You don't have to move down. You didn't prove your point. You didn't clean that class out. Sure did. So whoever comes in that wants a piece of it, okay, come and, come and get some. And that's right? it. And then, and then, truth be told, for, for the NBA inside stuff, Danny Jacobs called them out. But uh, from what I hear, they're trying to make that fight with Danny Jacobs with the Miracle Man. And uh, and Danny Jacobs, cancer survivor, he's a good. He's he's actually a middleweight champion as well, and that would be a unifying. There's two other guys with belts, and as Gennady said so eloquently, "Give me my belt." <laughs> he, he wants his you belt. Know, I see the one person that may try to fool with that class is uh, one time, Mister One Time. May try I feel to, like uh, I feel like One Time could move up and wait maybe to 54. I don't think after seeing what Kell Brook did, you know what? This is gonna sound crazy, but I really have. I think Kell Brook is the best welterweight out after watching that fight against Triple G. I don't think anybody, and we had said this before, I really don't think anybody wants to see Kell Brook in 47 because he went in there and stood. Well, I have to see how he's going to react after that fight. Though. I agree. I mean, I mean, <laughs> before Triple G he didn't fight. scrambled his eggs. I don't think that he gave enough to fight. That's After seeing that dude, what he fought at 
There's still gloves in him. Yeah, when he fought we Sean Porter. What, what, we seen what he could do. And he can dominate. In the, and, and I tell you what else. I tell you what else. I think there's a reason he hasn't been able to get a fight at 47. You know, I don't think, I think the rest of them boys know that they don't really want to fool around and tussle with Kell Brook at 47. And I tell you this, Kell Brook is right now, he's the winky right. No one wants to fight that dude because they know when you get into that round, he's going to be into that ring. He's going to beat you up. It's not all fancy or, or yeah. super fantastic. It's, it's just solid it's just work. A, a beat up, beat down work. It's, it's, it's work, except for now, again, whenever you get punished, like how he just got punished on Saturday, you just don't know how a guy's going to bounce back. There's no way to know if, you know, because you've seen it a lot of times with guys that Manny Pacquiao put a hurting on, and then they just kind of disappeared and they fizzle away. Mm-hmm. You see it. Boxers, you just can't get beat upon hard. It takes a long time to recover from something like that. Like, Kell Brook shouldn't even but think that's... about getting back in the ring until, I would say, spring, early summer, something like that, late right. spring, early summer. But how long does it take for an eye fracture? I fracture to heal. You barely took one punch yeah. to fracture. No, to heal. <laughs> I don't know. But but that's the thing, though, man. Because I tell you who Triple five, G. I tell you. Five, I tell you who should. I tell you who they should just put an action pack fight together for Triple G. Is your boy James Kirkland. James Kirkland should because really? he's a one fifty four. He'll get knocked out. But he has he has the chance. He has the chance. He just got on me for trying to get a man killed in the ring. Well, <laughs> but, but, but this is the thing. He's got the thump. He's got the thump, whereas if he caught Triple G the way that Kell Brook caught Triple G, he could actually do damage because he's got thunder in his hands if he would go train with his, with the proper trainer and not go off on his own. I think your boy took too much punishment, man. It, he, he may have. He, he, I mean, the fight that's really supposed to happen is with Canelo. Let's just be honest about it. Right. And and regardless what anybody's talking about, Canelo, I think Canelo wants to fight him. I just think Oscar De La Hoya is holding up the issue. I don't think Oscar De La Hoya wants uh, to lose his cash cow, you yeah. know, because now, unfortunately, that zero on the record is all important to the networks, to the pay-per-view, to all this stuff. Right. And this is more remnants of Floyd Mayweather hijacking the boxing, uh, uh, the, boxing industry. Uh, the industry into believing that that zero means a lot more than it means. Really? Uh, because I now any, everybody's so scared on, of losing that they can't, you know, you can't make the fights that actually are the lose, best fights. They, they never fight again. Yep. They fight. They lose. They fight on Fox Sports West. No longer. down at the Indian Wells Casino. <laughs> you can't even get For to Vegas. Brass. They fight at the Hollywood Park Casino. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That's terrible. Uh, all right, next victim. Always love having you. You are a friend and family yeah, of the yeah, Ozone. Yeah. We appreciate your input, appreciate brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you all. Keep doing what you're doing. Out. Always a good time with the next victim. He's always a spirited call. Ah, well, let's move into our favorite portion of the show, folks. This is time. It's time. (laughs) It's time uh, for the icons expertise and my favorite thing in the world, which is October baseball. And it's going down. I mean, come on. You got the Cubbies. The Astros are charging. Texas Rangers are slipping a little bit. Uh, The Dodgers got Clayton Kershaw back. So, man. Sky's the limit, right? So now, what do you think of what do you think about Dave Roberts taking Rich Hill out within the? Oh my God, six outs to go for a perfect game. There's been 23 perfect games in the history of Major League Baseball. Out of uh, two million games, who knows how many games have been played? I it, it's sickening because it you have fans sickening. and commentators backing them up, talking about, oh well, you know what? He might have had a blister. Rich Hill said he didn't have a blister. And I can't take a guy out and cheat the the history history because of a maybe. And guess what? Nobody comes there to see Dave Roberts, honestly. Or Joe Blanton. Or Joe Blanton, (laughs) who pitches every night. Because you know what? Just in the way, the the reason baseball is my favorite game ever invented is because then what happens? Joe Blanton comes in and the second batter gets a base knock, a no-doubt base knock. And you cheat. Yasiel Puig made a tremendous play man, to keep come that. Come on, man. Might I have think, been the catch of the year. I think that it's the catch of the year. That was an awesome catch. I mean, I've, I've shout seen a lot out of great, to Puig. Yeah. He went to go get that. I mean, he went and got it. And he he gave up his body. He gave up the body. Come on, dude. Maybe catch of the year by Puig. Yeah. Uh, he laid out for that ball. 
And that is like a prerequisite for any perfect game or a no hitter. Right. You always need somebody to make at least one great play. An exceptional play, you know, to keep you keep your team grounded and to get them piped up and pumped. But I feel like with Dave Roberts, man, they were looking for an injury, a potential injury. Rich Hill said he wasn't injured. And, and he was upset in the dugout. He should have been pissed. I mean, I agree. I feel like it's a rip off to the fans. It's total a, rip off to the fans. I mean, because this but is nobody. How, how many baseball games have you been to? How who can say they've been to a perfect game? Such a small number of people. Yeah, yeah. through history, twenty three. Twenty three. So you're thinking about maximum? Say max sixty thousand a stadium. So you're talking about one point two million people maybe can say they've seen a major league baseball perfect game live. Maybe throughout the history of the hundred years of the league. And once again, I hate to hear from all these other commentators. Oh, well, he did the right thing. You know? How about Or Hershiser? That was a real surprise. Or Hershiser is full of caca on this. Yeah, because you know good and well yeah. the bulldog would not come out with the his game. sixty inning scoreless streak <laughs> and and his arm being held together by fishing line right now would have come out the game or done any of that. So and you can't. Every pitch, you have the potential on blowing your arm out. So Every single pitch. Why is it that we're looking for you know, a reason to take him out for a potential blister? That's, talking about was the toughest decision I ever had to make. That's, hey, and, man, and you got your cancer, dude. Yeah, no, this is, a, this is a baseball game. This is a baseball game, and people came to watch the game and watch history. If I get a, a chance to watch something that's historical, I want to see it. I don't want to see Dave Roberts come out in the mouth and say, hey, man, good game, or go in the dugout and sit next to the guy and try to give him a little baby pep talk, and you know, you know this is the right thing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm very disappointed in the Dodgers and Dave Roberts, especially. I, I just can't even. Wow. That was amazing to me. That was really, really like the catch or Dave Roberts. Both <laughs> Dave Roberts, yeah. even more so than the catch, but the catch. But because how about Puig coming back and having his life together? That's what it was all about. That's what the minor leagues do for you, boy. To get you together. He got you holding your own back and man. stuff down there. Yeah, man. The guy was living in the high, high on the hog. And now he went down there to the minor leagues and figured out that he doesn't want to be there. And he figured out he does not want to be there. Wow. Man. Well, I mean, man, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, a lot of teams are on the surge. A lot of teams are on the decline. The The Marlins are struggling to get themselves to keep in the in their postseason hopes alive. Uh, the Giants are... are they look like they might be getting themselves back together. I, they look like it's, they're turning the corner, but they have got to get a closer. Yeah. Cassia is not your closer. They have Strickland now. That kid, man, that kid throws gas, gas. but... And maybe a lot of his be, gas is straight though. Yeah, a lot it of might be too late is, though. It might be too late. I mean, but they're still fooling around uh, Casilla and Romo, and no. Nino. Romo's not the problem. In my yeah, Romo's not the problem. He used to be the closer though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, he, I would trust Romo and his mediocre stuff before Casilla. Be, yeah, because because Romo seems I don't know. Romo seems to have mind control over hitters. He gets guys out even though you know what I mean. Because he's throwing pus. It looks, yeah, it looks so good. It looks so good, <laughs> and it's just not. And it's not. It's not. Yeah. But but then when you look at this situation, uh, I don't know. I, I'm sticking with who I, I've been. I'm, I'm sticking with the girl to dance with the girl that I came with. And uh, I still don't see anybody beating Boston. I mean, Boston looks really, really good. They're Except tough. for the Rangers. <laughs> the Rangers look right. fantastic. I, I'm actually, I think that I've, I would have to go with the American League this year with the way that it's looking so far. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not usually, I don't usually feel that way. Me either. But uh, the Nationals. Something about the Nationals doesn't convince me that they're ready. No, they, I think they, they have middle relief problems. And rotation problems, although Joe Ross is coming back this weekend. It'll be interesting to see what he brings when he comes back. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's what he has. Yeah. Him and his brother. Mm -hmm. Big um, guys, too. Big guys. Seattle's making a push. Yes, yeah, They act like they want in. Astros want in, but they just do not have what it takes to get over that hump, I don't think, this year. I don't think so. I, I feel the same way about the Toronto Blue Jays. The Royals are they making a push, another though, too. Arm. Yeah, the Blue Jays definitely need another arm because Marco Estrada is falling apart. Marco Estrada is falling apart. Marcus Stroman has been throwing better uh, as of yeah, late. Yeah, and they played games with Aaron Sanchez so much now that, now he that he's even, out of rhythm. Yeah, now that he's out of rhythm. He's throwing every 20 days now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and then you expect him to be lights out. It doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work. Wow. Wow, creature, wow, wow. Creatures of habit, the pitchers, and they need to pitch on, on their schedule, do their routines and everything. And if you just right. have them pitching every eight or nine days, maybe six, uh, you know, then drop them into five. No, let them pitch every five days. I mean, how's the guy going to ever get better if you don't let him pitch? Now, how do you feel about the Kershaw coming back? Man, how does anybody feel? You just love to watch <laughs> him do his thing. I love him because he's on my fantasy squad <laughs> more so than anything. But, man, I mean, you watch him pitch 
he didn't he didn't have a great great start. He had five strikeouts in three innings, but that's still above average. Oh, well, he's you could see he was just working through things. How about that, Jose Fernandez? You're not coming in his house and just going to show him 14 off. strikeouts, dude, and was efficient. 14 and, strikeouts in probably like 105 pitches yeah, or something. Yeah, he got guys out of there. He challenges you and gets you out of there. He's not a nibbler, and I love him for that. Yeah, and he's got an explosive fastball. I mean, 99, 98 with fuzz. Come on, dude. I mean, his his ball explodes. His ball explodes. His ball. And there's explodes. a lot of guys that have you know to throw in the high 90s. The, the ball just doesn't explode. It's flat. <laughs> right. You know, and it's a big difference. His ball explodes at 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 the plate. At the plate. At the plate, it explodes. Yeah. Well, this has been a great edition of the Ozone. Once again, uh, uh, dedicating this one to Laker Quick, a lifetime friend. Uh, and guys, when you have time or if you have an interest, go ahead and call our line. Drop us a word. Next week, we're going to be full of interesting calls that we're going to take from you guys. Not from our normal contributors, but from you guys. So let us know what you're thinking, how you feel about the show. The number is 424-254-ZONE. That's 424-254-9663. And leave you with a, a motivational quote, as usual. And you know what? This is it for you. By being yourself, you put something wonderful in the world that was not there before. All right, folks, be tolerant of those who are lost on the path. Help yourselves and help the world. This is Omar Miller in the Ozone. Peace.